Now we've got our first guest, and that's Tom O'Brien. He is the CEO of TFNN. He's joining us. Take a look at a few market movers today. Welcome to the show, Tom. Great to be with you, Tom. How you been? Oh, I've been good. And the dollar uh, not doing good today. Uh, dollar taking a little bit of a slide off those nine-month highs that we saw last week. That's uh, sending commodities sharply higher, including oil. What was your take here uh, on the move lower here for the greenback? You know, there's no doubt, Tom. This, you know, it took so long for the dollar, number one, to get back to this March 31st high. It was pretty amazing. It stayed up there for a day and then gave it up. And when I say gave it up with conviction, that means wide price spread. Um, you know, so the bottom line is that when you can't break them up, it's going to try to break them down now. And this is going to get really intriguing because the, the, the top of the consolidation in the, in the dollar index was this uh, 93,437. Well, the bottom of that is 89,530. So it looks to me like that's where we're going to go. I mean, it'll take a while to get there, but that's what it looks like. The intriguing part, Tom, is this, is that when we look at the NDX 100 or the, the spies uh, of the S&P 500 in general, it's like... It doesn't matter whether the dollar goes up or down, the market like just like can't wait to get open so it can go up. <laughs> That's what it seems like, okay? Which is very unusual because most of the time it has some correlation, okay? That being said though, inside the commodity market, you and I know as well as the listeners know, it's a big deal. Because what ends up happening, commodities are priced in dollars. You know, it got the oil market going because the oil market, you know, got smoked, as did the gold market, as did a lot of other commodities. Um, so it looks to me like this is a turn, and the folks that you know are thinking that the market can't go any higher, well, it seems like all of a sudden one sector will take a, a step back, the next sector starts going up again. You know, so it looks to me that these commodities now are going to start going. I mean, the dollar is down 521 right now, and that's saying that the, the euro is going to go high, the British pound is going to go higher, and the yen is going to go lower in price, but that's stronger against the U.S. dollar. So I think there's some action out here. Yeah, and the, you bring up a good point here, Tom, and I kind of wanted to hit on that. It seems like even if we have pullbacks like we did last week, they quickly get bought. And it seems like investors are, are, are pretty reticent to, you know, just get out of the market in general. They're moving assets from different areas in the market, whether it's commodities uh, today or it's, uh, you know, tech stocks at the end of last week and into today. Is that yes. what you're seeing? And do you think that's going to continue as there's a bunch of liquidity out there and nobody really wants to get out of the equity market at this point? No, I absolutely agree. Well, listen, we can let's talk about Amazon, right? This is a, this is a, this is a deal. So picture, you know, the, the NDX 100 really come back a little bit, stayed at its highs. But watch, you know, Amazon just went from uh, 37.70, you know, down to Friday to 31. OK, so that's a nice contraction, right? 600 bucks, right? The bottom line is that inside of the NDX 100, we had those other strong stocks that were stronger. And now what ends up happening today, Amazon's sticking its head up again, and that's getting going. So yes, I, it's amazing, actually. It's amazing to me, Tom, okay, that, that the bottom line is that that's exactly what's happening because when you really do break down the market, what we have seen is that there's plenty of stocks that are off their highs by 20%, easy, okay? But guess what? It doesn't last long. All of a sudden, then the buyers come in on that side, start driving those ones up. The other ones take a break a bit, and that's what we seem to have out here. Um, you know, if we take a look at uh, Google, I mean, Google looks like it wants $3,000 here at 2800 And then if we go to Moderna, what's happening with Moderna 
is that you know Pfizer got the full FDA approval out there today. Moderna is going to be next. Moderna is up 25 bucks. That you know the highs 497. I think that's game again because you know these vaccines are going to be around for a long time. It's not like they just end. It's not that's not going to happen. Do you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Um, it's a very intriguing market. There's no doubt about that, man. Yeah. We've been doing this a long time, and um, this is an intriguing market. And most of the time, we've we've had volume behind the move. So this is not like people aren't buying it. You know, uh, it, it got in the doldrums. You know, maybe three or four weeks in a row in the summer, which you can expect. But we know Labor Day was what two weeks from now. Yeah. You know. And once Labor Day comes, guess what? You know, there's more people that are back to work. We'll get more action. And uh, it looks to me that, uh, you know, this market wants to go higher. The dollar wants to go lower. And if they can get, if the dollar continues lower, these commodities are going to go on fire. And that will help the small caps also, because there's a lot of small caps, whether it's the oil, whether it's the material stocks. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's pretty intriguing. Uh, this market right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to that point, when we were having some struggles earlier uh, in the month and last week, it seemed like uh, the big major players in a lot of these indices were holding up the entire market. Because as you mentioned, some of these yes. names were off anywhere from 10 to 15, 20 percent from their all-time highs, different segments of the market. But you're starting to see that strength right now in the Russell 2000, which was down 2.5% uh, last week alone. Uh, and that is starting to make that resurgence where more money's flowing into it. So what areas in the market do you look at and say, okay, maybe it's not the time to get into those, but maybe these beaten down stocks or sectors that you're looking at? I'd, I'd definitely start looking at the materials. I'd start looking at oil again. Oil's not going away, and that got killed. I mean, and the oil service stocks got killed too. That's not going away. Uh, oil loves trading in large consolidations. Like if we look at the OIH, so the OIH is uh, up uh, what ten bucks today. That's the you know that's the ETF for the uh, oil service stocks, and it's a huge consolidation. Uh, you know, the top of that consolidation runs you up to what two forty eight, and we broke the bottom of one sixty eight. But when we broke it. It was there for two days. It's on the other side of it. So it's like, okay, you're going to run back up to the top again? And listen, it's very possible that we will because, um, you know, if the dollar is going to go lower, which it looks to me like it, it's, it will, then you're going to have the Schlumbergers of the world, the Halliburton, the Baker Hughes. Um, they're going to start getting some traction again, you know? So, that, and, and that's where it seems, as you just mentioned, there's always either the equities or the sectors are starting to move again, you know? And, and it's like, okay. So when the when the dollar failed this morning, I was looking like, well, the market likes it, the broad market. So it's like, okay, this broad market likes anything. But fundamentally, there's no doubt that when the dollar goes lower, fundamentally, these commodity equities are gonna make more money. And they make more money very quickly because everything's priced in US dollars. Right, and we've seen that dollar fail uh, at those levels, that nine-month high that we saw last week, it's failed once again uh, to sustain that momentum to the upside, and that might be the, the theme here. But going into the um, Jackson Hole Symposium uh, this Thursday and Friday, Tom, I just kind of wanted to get your take here because it seems like the spread of the Delta variant, uh, COVID uh, virus, has actually 
almost helped out the Fed where they can remain as dovish as they want to be because we're starting to see some choppy data and maybe a slowdown uh, in the economic growth due to lockdowns and mask mandates. Do you expect the Fed uh, or any catalyst to come out of those uh, that speech by Powell on Friday? Well, you just made an outstanding point. That is going to be the Fed's bailout of people that want the Fed to go up right now because there's still too much uncertainty out there. When I look at it on a longer basis, what I'm looking at, Tom, is this, is that people think our rates are really inexpensive and low. They are in the context of our rates in the United States. They are not in the context of the world weights, rates which really matter. Like we're at 1.25 today on the 10. Well, France is at a minus 0.13. Germany's at minus 0.48. That has to be taken into context that where we are versus where the world rates are because money is going around the world in about two seconds flat. So I know that's, it's not hard to grasp, it's hard to understand, <laughs> and it's even hard for me to understand, but that's, what, that my, that's my larger take on it, that the world rates have a lot to do with our rates and those world rates, they're still, I still cannot even imagine giving a government like in this case, what, we give uh, France $13 for a $10,000 bond? I have to give you $13, $13. Let me give you $13, and you can have my money for 10 years, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> but that's real. It's it's real. And and so it, it, to equate that to, uh, you know, the Treasury market right now, is that why we're still seeing continued strength, even though equities are at or near all-time highs? Is that why we, why we see uh, continued demand for our Treasuries and yields are remaining low? Because... We're the best option out there almost at this point. We are. And then when you, absolutely, and we are. And when you look at the auctions, what has happened is this. Last week, there was 70% was non-direct. And what non-direct is, folks, okay, is that you and I going to Treasury Direct and we're bidding on them. Most of the times, you don't get even close to a 70% non-direct. It's the broker-dealer community that buys them off the Fed, then they basically split them up. That 70% number is a monster number. That's saying that, guess what? The trust funds want these things, the insurance companies want these things, maybe to balance their, 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 you know, their, their liabilities out in the next uh, 10, 20 years, but it's real. I mean, a 70% non-direct buy at auctions is, well, that was unheard of like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people are expecting these interest rates to move higher, and maybe they should be higher than the current levels they're at. But as demand remains for the safety of the U.S. debt, uh, I can't see that happening quickly anyway, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Great discussion here, Tom. Appreciate it very much. Have a great one. Have a safe one, Tom. Thank you. All right. That's Tom O'Brien. He's the CEO of TFNN.